my toaster i've got this really fine uh, like 1950s toaster mm. all in uh, chrome and what have you but it has no off switch or automatic off switch um so you have to remember to turn it off otherwise you get clouds of black smoke in the kitchen um and i made toast this morning and i took the toast out i forgot to turn the toaster off and uh, so so the toast is running on its own oh uh, without toast in it without toast in it but there must be some little crumbs in the bottom because all of a sudden i was noticing what's that funny burning smell <laughs> do you have the fire alarm go off <laughs> no it's not that not that much not that much burning smell and now i hear your clock my clock is clocking that means it's time to start the podcast janina okay What are we so, talking about today? Well, I've been I've been looking at the news, and there's a few interesting things to talk about actually. But uh, but maybe you can uh, introduce for us uh, who we're going to be talking to today as our guests for this for the program. Yes, uh, we will have some special guests from our group strategy here at Ericsson, i.e., working uh, for our CTO Eric Ekudam uh, on strategies for our customers. So this is, these are strategies for Ericsson's customers. And mainly uh, what we're going to talk about, uh, uh, well, we're focusing on here are the operators, telecom operators, or as we also call them, communication, communication service, service providers. providers. Goodness, that was lot far away today. Uh, or <laughs> or as, the buzz, as the buzzword folks say, CSPs. CSPs, yeah. CSPs. And and, so, uh, and and I think just to clarify, I think a lot of the focus today is on uh, what can operators do for businesses. Uh, yeah. So in jargon terms, what what can operators do for the enterprise? Yeah. Uh, and uh, a little bit in terms of what are the things that, that they need to focus on and put in place to be successful for the enterprise? Because then, because... Uh, Mobile networks aren't the only players in town when it comes to connectivity and services for enterprises. And the guys we're going to talk to, they, uh, they're out and talking to lots of the big telco operators uh, and, uh, you know, their management teams about uh, what they're trying to achieve and, uh, you know, how they can go about achieving it. So, so some really interesting stuff there. Uh, and even if you're not in a, in a telecoms company, maybe you're in a business, uh, I think there are insights there as well in terms of... Uh, well, when 5G comes along, what should I be looking for from my operator? Mm. Uh, yeah, uh, this is uh, sort of part of uh, the 5G, uh, part of the 5G as in what other things can 5G do in the world, in for businesses, for things around us. So... Uh, this is a little bit of a strategic, uh, uh, and it's a, it's a strategic report that they have uh, just released uh, called Capturing Business Opportunities Beyond Mobile Broadband. So it's quite a niche tar target uh, for this, but if you keep listening, you will get some insights in 
what Ericsson is uh, uh, suggesting our customers do. Right, Paul? Yep. Yeah, Some right. inside but, information but, there. But, but niched or niched, I mean, uh, enterprises and verticals and businesses, mm. you know, there are millions and millions of those around the, around the world, and quite a lot of those will see 5G as one of the, you know, one of the tools that they can use. Uh, when they go towards digitalization and uh, you know the, the the next phase of productivity improvements in business, so so I think it's a it's a fairly interesting topic area. Uh, yeah, maybe um, a little yeah. bit niched in terms of uh, who we talk to. Exactly, I think that was what I was um, but, but, thinking of. Like, yeah. it's not like for all the smartphone, five G smartphone users out there uh, that we normally try to to also reach in this podcast. So it's a little, no, perhaps true. a little bit more businessy. I think we managed a whole episode without mentioning smartphones, except like, <laughs> I just mentioned smartphones. <coughs> anyway, in, no. in uh, this uh, in this podcast, we were talking about the, the people. We were talking to people from our strategic customer engagement unit. We call it a yeah. unit. Yeah, uh, it's going to be Jan Abramsson and Erik Hedensjö uh, from that unit. They are coming to. Talk yeah. about their report and their findings. Yeah, and Hedin Sjö, that's a good name to practice on if you're practicing your Swedish. Ah, <laughs> okay, good, good. Uh, but but uh, talking about enterprises or, or talking about things which 5G will do beyond um, uh, the, like consumer mobile broadband, uh, there was a, a sort of a report of a report, I could say, from SNS Telecom and IT. Uh, They've actually done a report that's looking into the role that 5G can take in public safety, which is quite interesting. That's one of the areas that that we work with. And and they see a lot of opportunities and a lot of things happening there around uh, the use of drones, use of augmented reality, virtual reality, mixed mixed mode. So like uh, helmets with information stuff on them, uh, using 5G for live body cam streams. Using it in, uh, you know, fire and emergency response, uh, site site management, um, and uh, interesting things like, for instance, in, in Catalonia, they're already uh, working to put in place 5G connected ambulances, which is something that we talked about in one of our previous podcasts and uh, in one of our research oh, yeah. days here. Uh, so, so that was interesting. Yeah. That's that's obviously an area to watch. So, 5G connected body cams. That sounds very very uh, this this week it would be <laughs> would have been great to have that uh, was it last week or so and and might be hindering uh, some uh, obvious murders oh right that's, you're being contentious that you mean oh yes <laughs> on the edge yeah so uh, let's hope that contributes to saving lives yeah mm-hmm. uh moving over talk about spectrum then Mm-hmm. We've talked a lot about Spectrum. There's been a few things recently in the Spectrum front. Um, Finland uh, Finland held the Spectrum auction recently for 26 gigahertz band. Oh, uh, so millimeter wave, high band. High band, that's right. So that's uh, so that's used for like high capacity and uh, high throughput in, in kind of dense urban areas, for instance. Um, yeah. And uh, they they uh, auctioned off uh, blocks of Spectrum to Telia, Elisa and DNA, the main operators there. Uh, across the other side of the Atlantic, Canada has postponed their um, spectrum auctions by six months because of the, the COVID-19 uh, pandemic. Uh, so they were planning to do a spectrum auction of uh, three and a half gigahertz. So that's mid-band spectrum. Uh, that's now pushed back to the middle of next year. 
And in France, I was an interesting report, Bouge Telecom, one of the operators there, they've actually suggested a six month or asked the regulators for a six month delay. Uh, and as, as I gather, France has already delayed uh, spectrum auctions to either July or September of this year. They're still not actually said when it will be. Booth are asking for another six month delay um, because they think that uh, there needs to be a, a current focus on improving rural 4G. It's uh, an interesting reasoning. And I guess the background to that is you can't spend, you know, an operator's got so much money to invest, um, you know, that uh, if they want to invest now in 4G, um, then uh, putting lots of money into spectrum auction will kind of hinder that. So they're trying to more of, they, they are focusing on coverage at the moment. So they want to focus on coverage. Mm -hmm. um, but there's an interesting side piece in, in that article that talked about uh, arrangements in France where um, kind of all, as, as I gather, all of the operators there are kind of uh, committed to providing a number of base stations into rural, rural environments. Mm -hmm. uh, and as I understand it, more or less on a collaborative basis. Okay. Um, and that kind of makes sense because in in uh, in, in dense city areas, uh, an operator has lots of subscribers, and it's easy to see that the subscription uh, covers the cost of putting putting in coverage. But in rural areas, um, distances are greater, subscriber densities are much lower. It's much harder to to spend the money and uh, to and recover the money that you need to put in. So sharing infrastructure in rural areas is is clearly one of the ways to give. Uh, rural customers about the coverage. Mm -hmm. So that's cool. Yeah, yeah. Do you think that the perhaps some um, smaller uh, American operators are doing the same? Um, to be honest, I don't know. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, but uh, you know, on a bigger scale, you could say that's that's what's happening in China, where China Telecom and China Unicom are building right. the common infrastructure. Uh, China is a very big place. It's got some very populated, you know, highly populated cities. Uh, but ultimately, of course, you you also want uh, coverage to come out to to rural areas as well. Yeah. Uh, although although one of the advantages I I see with five G is is in in the rural context is uh, if you're going to do more than just voice and broadband so you're going to use it for uh, internet of things applications for instance um, if you're using it for agriculture mm -hmm. that actually creates um, a business case and that, a new revenue stream for uh, large agricultural areas which have small populations but uh, if you can introduce it, another reason to have broadband or to have 5g um, that helps makes the case for, for, for putting it in place and of course, if uh, uh, you know the more users or the more the more uh, enterprises that that uh, that want and use five G in their region, then the better it is for mobile broadband subscribers as well. Yeah, good, good, and that's actually a good segue into. Uh, I saw a news come out uh, in for for Russia uh, that MTS in Russia has uh, selected. Ericsson Minilink microwave solutions for their coverage. This is not 5G related, but I'm just thinking like, yeah, but to cover like a vast area like like uh, Russia is, it's uh, it's interesting to see. Yeah, so they're using uh, the Minilink uh, uh, transport mi microwave transport for their uh, their backhaul uh, to cover it instead of uh, digging down fiber. So it makes sense. It's uh, it, I mean, it's it's a good way of providing connectivity when uh, you know you don't want to have to to put uh, cables into the ground. Um, yeah. You, 
you need you need some cables. <laughs> Power is always nice to have. Um, but but uh, you know it's a wireless connectivity, so you can uh, you can make a point to point connection between different uh, or a point to multi point connection between different points in the network without yeah. needing to put fiber infrastructure in place. Yeah. Uh, and of course we have uh, long haul microwave connections as well. So you know, if you want to, you know, and you know, the further you want to go, the more it costs to, to put a cable in, of course. So, uh, yeah. you know, in, in, and we use similar things in places like Greenland, in um, uh, in Alaska and places like that, mm. and, and other places closer to home. But uh, it's, it's a very attractive solution uh, particularly in difficult difficult countryside or you know over large distances. Yeah, and that also then segues us us to <laughs> in the news section this week. Paul, the is it the final? Well, one more operator in the UK uh, goes uh, goes live with five G, right? Oh, oh two. two. Oh two. Yes, correct. Um, uh, I think we have a press release on 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 that. Uh, there, uh, we're uh, rolling out in places like Manchester and Liverpool, which uh, which is nice compliments to some of our other customers, where we have uh, coverage in places like London. Uh, so big city coverage. Yeah, key cities like Manchester, Liverpool, and Cardiff. Looks like they're focusing on the sort of Welsh area. That's good for me. <laughs> <laughs> All of those little Cardiff is in Wales and uh, Manchester, and, I, I, I think Manchester and Liverpool are quite close I, to Northern Wales. <laughs> yeah, I, th- I want to say I think you've just offended half of half of Wales by talking about oh, Manchester no. and Liverpool as so Welsh. That's where I land when I go to Wales. So yeah, well, that's, that's that's probably true. So you yeah, can so. land in, land in a pool of five G. <laughs> Next time, whenever we are rid of this. Uh, pandemic would be good there, there is one one other thing there which was which was hidden in the in the news around the o2 announcement we we uh, the the announcement talked about as you say coverage including manchester liverpool and, and cardiff uh, but i know that we're also going to be providing coverage in scotland and northern ireland as well so Ooh. it's uh, so yeah it's all four of the uk nations that's collect the set yes you're right i see that now yeah there's an, there's an art to reading press releases. What what does it say? And sometimes you have to read what does it doesn't what does it not say? Yeah, yeah. And I I'm guessing you're an expert at that actually. You have to be <laughs> fast at the concluding. Where are the holes in this uh, text here? Right, working in your profession. Yeah. Oh, don't know about that. But uh, but it is interesting sometimes to see that uh, the things that people stress and the things that people uh, gloss over. Mm. It, maybe that's enough news for today. We, mm-hmm. We've uh, it's only a week since we did the last podcast. So um, yes. if you're listening to our podcast and you have any questions or uh, topics you'd like us to cover or, or other comments, you can reach us on Janina. 5G podcast at ericsson.com. That's 5G podcast in one word at ericsson.com. Maybe it's time to talk to our guests, Janina. Yeah. Let's oh. go over to my guest. Okay, now let's talk some strategy. So, today we have 
two people from the group strategy at Ericsson uh, working for our CTO, Erik Ekudden, with us on the podcast. Jan Abrahamsson, you're head of strategic customer engagement. How are you? Yes, I'm good. Thanks. Happy to be here. <laughs> Exciting to discuss this topic with you guys. Yeah. And we also have Erik Hedensjö. You are a consultant also within the strategic customer engagement, right? Yeah, that's right. So I'm part of Jan's team. Good, good. And you're here today to talk about a report. The report is called Capturing Business Opportunities Beyond Mobile Broadband. What does that mean? What is the report? I will tell you uh, what, what the report is about, but I think we should start by looking at this from the operator's perspective to understand why it is important. So in general, what we see is that operators globally, they face flat revenue growth from their current business in the coming years. And therefore, the service providers are increasingly focusing on taking a position beyond mobile broadband in the enterprise segments. So they are trying to go from selling SIM cards to solutions that actually address real business needs for the enterprises. And what we see is that 5G in combination with the digitalization of industries that is happening worldwide has opened up a big opportunity for, for the operators to do so. And in our team, the strategic customer engagements team, we have worked with operators globally for the last couple of years to support them in developing strategies for taking this position in the enterprise segment. But this study that we're focusing on here now, the focus of this study is rather on execution. So not strategy, but rather execution on the strategies they have to take a position in the enterprise segment. So can you, uh, if I just break in with, with Jan here, your team, can you mm -hmm. describe how you're working? In Absolutely. I think we I think we have the most exciting job in Ericsson, our team. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> I think good. We, yeah, we're so happy to, to have this work. Um, and, but basically, we are a, a consulting team, um, business management consulting team, part of group function, group function strategy. Uh, and what we do, the job we have is to proactively engage with the management teams of uh, Ericsson's top uh, 10 or top 15 customers around the world. Mm. Wow. So the management team of Ericsson has decided uh, on these customers. They, they give us the list of these 10 or 15 companies. And the, the job is really to uh, put Ericsson super close and, and almost uh, you know, uh, jointly together with these companies uh, go after specific strategic problems, opportunities, um, but also like Eric just said, the execution approaches. Mm. We've been doing this for a couple of years and, and uh, the knowledge that we are building as we do these joint projects with these uh, customers is, is really what we talk about here today. Mm. And when we're talking about customers, it's Ericsson's customers, it's, they are all service providers, telecom service providers or mobile service providers out there, but all, all over the globe. Oh, what, what, what normal people would call mobile operators or cellular operators. Is that the, what normal people call them? Okay. Yeah. No, but I think it, it's a good point because we, as we do these uh, joint projects with with the operators and our customers, we also do them together with the several industry uh, partners like uh, Scania, Volvo, 
Schenker or DHL in, in the industries that these operators are, are interested in, in building business. Yeah. And you have a close collaboration with these people. And here you are then talking about how they strategically needs to position them to reach beyond mobile broadband. That's your message today, right? Yeah, that's right. So, uh, <laughs> Good. Now we're on track. <laughs> so yeah, tell now us. we're definitely on track. <laughs> so now, now maybe I can share a little bit around how we have done this study so that yes. you understand what it is that we have done. So uh, we actually started a year ago by developing a framework based on all our previous engagements with operators, including the capabilities across business, technology and operations that we believe are important for operators to take a position in the enterprise segment beyond mobile broadband. Okay. So it's 18 capabilities uh, mm -hmm. and the business capabilities, for example, they are related to commercial aspects such as partnerships, go-to-market, business models. The operational capabilities are related to organizational enablers, such as skills and processes. And the technical capabilities are the capabilities that I think we in the telecom industry, in Ericsson and in the operators are more familiar with. So the functionalities and capabilities in the networks, uh, such as network slicing and so on. Yeah. And then based on this framework, we started engaging with six service providers globally during the fall, from Australia to Europe, and so pretty much all around the world, to understand which capabilities out of these 18 in the framework do they see as the most important ones, and how far do they think that they have come in building the capabilities. Mm -hmm. Can we, can we take just a little step back before we go into the answer there? So these uh, capabilities, they are to reach beyond mobile broadband. Why is that important? Well, I think I, I can uh, take a few perspectives on that. Uh, and as we have done this work with the operators, as, as uh, Eric said earlier, when you look forward in terms of revenue growth, revenue opportunity uh, for these companies, uh, it's very clear to, to most of us in the market that, that um, the consumer segment um, will only generate potentially two to three percent potential growth per year on the revenue side, while the opportunity in the enterprise segment is uh, in the range of, I would say, 10 to 20 percent uh, uh -huh. potential annual growth. So mm. in, all, in all these leadership teams that we work with, um, gradually over the last two years, they have sort of come to the conclusion that, well, uh, to grow the value of the company in the market and, be, and have happy shareholders, we really need to find completely new revenue streams. And those are to be found in the enterprise segment. And that is why... Mm -hmm. Operators are putting much more effort on, on the enterprise um, segments as customers, uh, as well as positions beyond, uh, we call it mobile broadband, right? But it's really about uh, connectivity solutions to enterprises today to become more of a solution provider to these companies. So that's yeah. the main reason why it's important. Uh, Jan, uh, the, the report obviously is focused on the operators and uh, these 18 capabilities. Um, if, if someone's listening to this podcast and they're not working in the operator, but maybe they're working in, uh, in, a, in banking or in uh, some other large enterprise, maybe mm -hmm. an industrial enterprise, 
what can what can they learn from this report in terms of the the capabilities they should be looking for from an operator? That's a good question, and I think it's um, it it starts obviously the reason for the operators, uh, the telecom companies, to to assess their ability to execute is based on that. Uh, the enterprise customers at the end of the day are transforming and, and their business and they are transforming the way they operate and, and they also need to find new revenue streams and in internal efficiency. So I think we, in this study, in the report, um, if you are from one of these enterprise segments or, or enterprise companies, you can definitely learn about the framework that Eric talked about, um, what if you want to digitalize and transform as a business and you need to go from sort of A to Z in, in that journey over a few years, I think that the framework that we have developed uh, in some ways are generic for any leadership team. Um, but of course, this study is focusing on the on these telecom companies. Um, having said that, I think it could also be uh, these enterprise customers, they do have uh, sometimes a bit of a knowledge gap when it comes to understanding the telecom operators and understanding what the telecom operators really can do uh, for them uh, to help the enterprise evolve and transform. So by reading this study and going through the, the insights and the learnings, perspectives, I think it can help uh, an enterprise understand what is it that an operator really can do for us and how are these operators transforming to, to be better partners to the enterprises. I think that's a, a could be an interesting perspective to pick up from the study. Yeah, I suppose uh, like you can see this from the other from the other side. Like, what do operators need to do? Uh, but also then, what should you what should you perhaps demand from the operator? Mm. Is that true? Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And I think we uh, jump in now, Eric, if you have other perspectives. But I think uh, you know when we started this work, uh, the ambition was to also do interviews and workshops with the leadership teams from enterprises in a few of these industries to to really get their perspective on it. Now we have the operator perspective on how they need to change to, to take new revenue positions in the market. But uh, we hope that going forward we can complete this study by talking to a number of these other companies and better understand how, where they are going and how they are changing and what the expectations on operators are for sure. Yeah. Well, sorry, we just jumped into like the, the reason for this uh, report. Uh, Erik, I think I cut you short there when you started talking about the actual capabilities that's needed. So please go ahead. Yeah, so um, I mean, if we look at the key findings from the report, I think in general what we have seen is that the operators or the key stakeholders and executives that we have engaged with from the operators, they assess that many of these capabilities out of the 18 are highly important, but that they believe that they have big readiness gaps. So they are quite far from the target state that they want to achieve. And this is especially true for business and operational capabilities. Regarding the technical capabilities, what we have heard from most operators is that they feel that they have those under control, uh, of course, with the support from, from Ericsson as well. Mm -hmm. So if can we you, look at, yeah, Can sure. you give us some examples of these things so we understand what, what, what you mean when you say business and operational capabilities and technical? 
Yeah, so let's look at the capabilities that the operators themselves assessed as the most important ones. So, for example, the most important capability uh, was a business capability called enterprise go to market. So this capability is needed to support enterprises in their digitalization journey. And to do this, you need scalable processes to drive volume and right competence in your sales teams. So, for example, now when you're selling not the SIM card, but the solution, you need to engage with different stakeholders in the enterprise customers organization, not just the IT organization, but also marketing, sales, strategy. And you also need a different kind of knowledge about the customer's organization. So you, ne you need industry knowledge uh, pretty much. So that's the mm -hmm. most important capability from what we have heard uh, in, in all these engagements with the operators. And, I, and I, uh, just to jump in there, I think when we talk to these executives, I mean, they are very consistent, like Eric is saying, this, this is the major execution capability gap that these companies have and, and uh, uh, the, of course the reason why they have this gap is that they have never really been active in selling these types of solutions to enterprises before so all mm -hmm. the people even though these leadership teams and all the individuals executives themselves are highly experienced and advanced uh, leaders um, in strategy and execution very few of those individuals in these leadership teams have ever really done this journey before. So that means that they have uh, an uphill challenge to really find new ways of working. So I think that's why we hear them talking so much about this enterprise sales, enterprise engagement capability gap that we see. Mm. And I well, think that, John, you're also highlighting another important capability there that came up as one of the top important ones. The leadership and culture capability. Yeah. So yeah. it's very much about changing the mindsets in the organization to become more customer oriented. And of course, the executives need to lead the way. And for example, in one operator that we have been working with in this engagement, they have said that almost all people in the management team, they have worked for 20 years in business to consumer, but they have never worked with business to business. So mm. it's really a different world from the, for, for them, as well as many of the, the other people in the company to to uh, work with enterprises and serve them in the best way possible. Yeah, yeah. And I think another perspective that is, is super exciting for us um, as we do the work and not just for our team, but for the customers that we work with and also other 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 companies like the enterprises themselves. And, and uh, it's really about to be able to capture the revenue potential going forward using 5G or IoT or edge compute technologies or the whole range of, of um, available technologies we see coming, you have to operate in a very different way than in the past as a company. You, you can't just go alone and, and develop a product and then sell it to your customer like, like operators have done in the past. To be able to grow revenue in the future, in the next few years, we see that the role of the ecosystem is going to be super important. And I think that an ecosystem delivering value based on, for example, 5G technologies will include operators. It will include companies like Ericsson. It will include Google and Microsoft and Amazon. It will include, of course, the operators and their enterprises. So what we see as a capability gap in these leadership teams is also 
they have a, as any company in this ecosystem, they have a lack of experience in working together with other companies in a very open and fluid way to capture uh, new revenue opportunities and build new products and solutions. And I think this is one of the one of the most difficult uh, gaps to uh, to bridge because uh, nobody has really done it before. Uh -huh. But it's also super exciting because it means that all these companies have to find completely new ways of working to work yeah. with each other. Yeah. I guess this is a possibly uh, like it's a, it's a big step that comes with 5G uh, to to yeah to reach beyond the normal broadband customers as it's part of 5G you can do like slices and you can you can do these specif spe specialized networks for a, a certain customer. Who mm. do you see uh, do you see any leaders in this or taking lead? Uh, out there right now when it comes to these kinds of, uh, of enterprise offerings and, and working together with companies. What do you say, Eric? What would you say to be a good leader, for example? Yeah, I don't think we have seen any like clear leaders. I mean, the, the interesting thing about the findings of this study is that it's very similar across operators. Mm -hmm. Almost all operators experience the same challenges and and they are working on the same things. Um, but of course, we see some operators that are leaders in building some of these capabilities, but struggle more mm -hmm. in others. So, so can you uh, give us some examples? Yeah, I, th I think, for, for example, now we are working together with, um, uh, with one of the larger uh, service providers in the world, and uh, we are uh, supporting them to uh, build the skills needed in their sales teams to uh, to work with enterprises in, in, in for these new types of solutions. So uh, I think they have really realized the importance of this skills capability and the go-to-market capability, and that they need to develop it. And they are making a serious move to to strengthen it further. And and there, Ericsson can support. And and uh, it's really interesting to see the progress and how this can translate into commercial opportunities as well. Do you know what segment of the enterprise area that they are uh, that that's easiest to to go towards? Do you have any insights on that for service riders out there? Yeah, I think uh, I mean if we look at specific industries, I think that operators globally um, I mean in general, they are targeting several different industries, but mm -hmm. what we have seen in this study so each, is that each operator are like they're they're reaching out to to a multitude of segments. Yeah, a yeah. little bit uh, depending on the mm -hmm. specific circumstances in the country where they are based and so on. Mm -hmm. But we are increasingly seeing that operators globally focus on a specific set of segments. So, for example, transport and logistics, healthcare manufacturing and so on so it's becoming more focused in that sense but it's, it's so is, is that something that you expect to see replicated into other markets so those are those segments that naturally are attractive to operators yeah I, I think it's interesting because you look at those industries let's say that we have uh, 10 or, or no 15 or 16 official industry definitions uh, automotive energy and so on and so forth and I think that globally it's clearly so that some of these 
industries are changing in a way that that more than others require, for example, 5G uh, technologies. Um, and, and the kind of changes we see in those industries that are moving fastest towards digitalization. As, as Eric said, we, see, we have transport logistics. There has been a lot of focus on manufacturing in the last few years. But we also have uh, startup sort of uh, newcomers in this space. I think uh, and agriculture agriculture is a very interesting industry that, that, mm. that is now understanding how to leverage 5G uh, and wireless broadband technologies to improve the efficiency of the agriculture industry, not just how you grow stuff and where you grow it and when you grow it, but also how you transport it and how you sell it and distribute it. So we have we have a broadening set of industries that are in focus, but I think uh, in the last two years, maybe three or four industries that we talk about here. Where do you see the biggest gap when it comes to realizing these strategies? Like what, what is, where do service providers or operators need to focus their energy most? So I, I believe it is, uh, as I said before, the, the main gap that we see is within enterprise go-to-market. Mm-hmm. Another gap is leadership and culture, as we touched upon briefly as well. Another one is industry knowledge of the verticals that you're targeting. So ah. the industries that you focus on. So to design relevant offerings for these industries that actually solve the enterprise's problems, you need to build a better understanding of what their business needs are. And that's something that many operators are struggling with. Um, But I also think that in many operators, they have the knowledge, but they struggle to distribute it across the organization. So having the right processes and knowledge sharing tools to be able to distribute it from one part of the organization to to other parts. So both from the sales teams who work close to the customers, to other sales teams who work in different regions, but also to product and service development teams. So mm-hmm. that was one of the capabilities that that came out as, as really important. So mm-hmm. there we also see a big gap. Yeah, and, and I think, I mean, some of these capability gaps are, they are of course different in nature. So when, when you, uh, as a leadership team, you decide to close some of those gaps uh, to execute on your strategy in a better way. Some of these things are complex and 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 it takes a long time, and others can be fixed much much faster. And I think that the the top capability gap that Eric mentioned in 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 the sense of effective enterprise uh, sales and and go to market capabilities. So what what other op- some operators are doing is that they are solving that capability gap by partnering or acquisition. Um, and some of the operators we are, are working with, they are, are looking at acquiring uh, small to medium-sized system integration or consulting companies to really quickly plug that gap. Um, and, and others are going about it uh, sort of uh, internally to recruit and retrain and upskill, which will take a long time. So I think that what we see globally now in terms of operators fixing these capability gaps, uh, partnering in the ecosystem uh, is super important. Um, some are going for acquisitions. That's that's a fast way to do it, but it, it's also a risky way because you never know how these acquisitions end up. But it's clear to us that, that these capability gaps that we talk about here are taken super seriously about the, uh, in these leadership teams um, and that they now are 
crafting approaches for how do we fix this? Because if we don't fix it, we will miss out on the opportunity. And then other players like, like cloud providers or system integrators will take a lot of the revenue potential that these guys really need to go after. Yeah. Well, we have talked uh, again and again on this podcast that uh, we still don't know what the killer application will be with 5G. And uh, I mean, this is uh, that to 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 turn from mobile broadband to towards uh, enterprises might be one of the big thing that things that will happen <laughs> with this new generation of mobile networks. Yeah, uh, uh, but I think it's that's true. And I think one of the things we have learned as we have worked with these companies over the last couple of years is that. When we start to work with these companies uh, in the first meetings, workshops, interviews, and, and uh, get together, they always start with the same question, if I simplify a bit. They always come to us with exactly the same question, and they say, can't you just give us a short list of the most important use cases so we can execute on those, and then we are happy? Um, and all operators come to us with exactly this question. And I think the, the key thing is that everybody wants to have this uh, amazing list of use cases that, that will give them success, right? Uh, but but it's much more complex than that. So instead of focusing on which use case should we find, it's much more important for these executives to think about what is the uh, the intent we have? Where do we really want to go in these uh, enterprises and industries? What is our role to play in the required ecosystems that will be needed to support the industries? Um, and how do we define that role in those value chains? And how do we collaborate with Amazon, Google, or Capgemini, or Ericsson? Uh, before you answer those questions, it's, it's quite hard to say this and that use case will be successful for Vodafone or Etisalat or, or Verizon. So, I mean, what we are doing with these executive teams is really turning their head, if you like, from looking for individual use cases to take a much more holistic approach mm. uh, and really think it through end to end. Yeah, and you're actually quoted, Jan, in this, uh, this report uh, where the, the, the quote, one size will never fit all. So I guess that's the conclusion of this. But you have a lot of content here uh, in this report, in this study that, that uh, that uh, is, uh, of course, towards service providers, but uh, sort of like a guide, a strategy guide to to bridge uh, towards new uh, potential customers mm. and mm. new business opportunities. What do you want people out there to do now? Well, I think just a, a quick reflection. We got some uh, statistics, and I think this uh, this report was published on Ericsson. Uh, portal some time ago and, and we have more than 1000 uh, managers and, and uh, executives who have downloaded this report so it, it mm. and I think we see this in our work that the, there is an enormous interest in the market to understand what does it take to execute how do we move forward how do we improve our chances to realize our strategic ambition so this is really a, a super hot topic and I think if you are in the leadership team of an operator today, uh, and they, they all typically they ask us this also, if you can give us one piece of advice before you leave this meeting, what would that be? And I think we always come back to the same recommendation uh, and tell these guys that on, on Monday morning next week, instead of sitting in your office uh, having coffee, 
go out and meet with the leadership teams of your most important enterprise customers and start to get to know each other, start to understand their pain points, their problems, their dreams, their desires, and how you together with them can, can work together in a different way. Don't go to them to try to sell another SIM card or another data rate plan. Go to them and explore the ecosystem together. And when we say that, and, and many times having said that, we get the question, can you help us do that? And, and we do that as well. And then we learn that that the when you have executives from an operator and an enterprise in the same room and you talk about strategy and transformation, both parties realize how little they know about each other, how little they can do on their own and how dependent they are on each other to really define these use cases and then execute on them together. So I think that's the, the, the sort of um, single most important recommendation we always give. Start engaging with your existing customers in a different way. Yeah, good advice. So start that on Monday, everyone out there who, who, is, uh, <laughs> well, <laughs> who is interested in, in uh, this. And also, of course, uh, read the report. Uh, and we will have it linked in our show notes. Is it gated? No, it's, this is open, right? It's open. It's, uh, available on ericsson.com. Cool. Yes, okay. it is. We will link to it then. This report has also had an impact on our work internally. So, mm -hmm. uh, I mean, for Ericsson, it's important to, to have these findings as an input for how we support our service provider customers and how ah. we design our uh, go-to-market operating model and so on. So I think that's really interesting that it has impacts both for, for operators, uh, our customers, but also for, for ourselves. Yeah, I mean, we are partnering yeah. with a lot of, of, uh, of enterprises uh, now that we are testing different things uh, in the 5G uh, sphere, right? So it, has this been a learning for us too, I guess? <laughs> to, to, uh, or is it just that we need to go out to the, our, our customers as well on Monday morning and ask what they, <laughs> what they need right now? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, th I think it's to Eric's point. I think this, this study is getting a lot of traction in the external market. But when we have presented this report to, to Ericsson's management team, it's a big aha moment. And, and our CEO you know, expressed strong interest. So this is now the basis for change in Ericsson. How do we change the way we work, uh, our go-to-market, uh, our structure and processes and so on and so forth. So I think it's it's really, uh, it's a bit disruptive, uh, but it's really pointing to the, the pain points that execution is difficult and, and complex, but we know where we need to start um, to make that uh, happen. Wow. It's, it's, it's an interesting discussion because you, you realize that the, the technology is actually, it's, it's, it's not the end point, it's, it's just the starting point for being able mm -hmm. to do different things. Absolutely. And if you're if you're listening to this and you have questions or you would like uh, like a follow-up, I mean, you get in touch. Um, we are here and we do this work as, as, a, in a, as a global team. And we have mm. colleagues in both North America and, and China, Japan, uh, working as a global practice. So um, very happy to engage and, and take the discussion with anyone who, who has an interest. That's excellent. Uh, get some strategies from Ericsson, <laughs> right? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and execution. <laughs> and execution. That's good. Uh, thank you so much, uh, Jan and Erik, for joining the podcast and talking about this uh, fascinating and rich document on capturing business opportunities beyond mobile broadband. Yes. Okay. Thanks, you guys. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks a lot for inviting us. Thanks. Bye. 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 Bye.